if you already have a friend who will produce, then I think it might be doable, but then you need to you need to know everybody, basically. Are you going to be happy and that you might have regrets later on in life? The, the, the odds are, because it is, it is, it's a reality that you have to deal with that. This industry can be re very rewarding, but also very consuming of your times. The relationship has been like constructed that way, you know what I mean? Like you can, um, like people that we are friends with that have like acted in things or, you know, been part of cast or crew. There's a, there's an understanding there between like the work and the, and the relationship. Hi, I'm Mark. And I'm Kaylin. And I'm Jakob. And welcome back to Department Spotlight. It's the show where we talk with our friends and colleagues about their experiences in the film industry. And in this episode, we're gonna be taking a deep dive into Reddit. You've heard about it. You've probably been on it. There's pros, there's cons. Um, <laughs> heard about it? No, I read it. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that, that was good. Let's jump into it. <laughs> so on Reddit specifically, we're going to be looking at filmmaking questions, just scrolling and answering them ourselves. Um, if you come from those Reddits, uh, then sound down in the comments below. Maybe we'll jump on over to Reddit as well and do some engagement there as well. Okay, cool. So I'm here on Reddit. Our first question is what, from what, what, what board? What's oh, right. So we are on. So we are on R slash filmmakers because R slash filmmaking merged with R slash filmmakers nine years ago. Plot twist. Because <laughs> I tried filmmaking and I was like, all these questions are so old. And then the top post, which I never read, is we merged with filmmakers. So. Yeah. Cool. So we not no particular order. Obviously, questions change on Reddit like every 10 minutes. So I'm just going to read the first one here, which is how do I hire a film producer? Who's it? Who said it? Is, this is a question by Gucci Little Piggy. <laughs> Great. She says, man. she says, or he, they say I have 30K to make a feature film. I have a script. Uh, do I? How do I go about hiring a producer to help me with hiring cost, crew, locations, and managing my budget? Also, how expensive are producers in general? Is it realistic with my budget? Thanks for the help. Well, you could ask on Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> First step: do the thing that you already did. <laughs> okay, so thirty thousand. I assume it's dollars. They don't say. They just say thirty k. Mm -hmm. um, I think. Making a feature film for $30,000 when you're trying to look for a producer is tough. I think um, if you already have a friend who will produce, then I think it might be doable, but then you need to, you need to know everybody, basically. $30,000 is like, what, 500,000 Rand? Right. And so, roughly. Yeah. So we're going to think of it in terms of us here in South Africa, uh, that'll probably be enough to have like a really small crew if you maybe already own the camera yourself um, and all the gear, you don't have to rent. Uh, and you're paying everybody not what their usual rates are. I think it, it's possible. It's very low. It's very. It's going to be very difficult to shoot a feature film yeah. on that. What do you guys think? I think from my perspective, like I honestly, like if you know people, 
not like amateurs, but like people that's in your circles, because I don't really know this person's background, but like if they did go to a film school or something like that, or they have some connects, I think try and get people that you are close friends with that you can maybe try and negotiate with more easily and just like, you know, like our Wes Anderson when he started, you know, like with a bottle rocket and all of that, like it was with his schoolmates and all of that mm-hmm. stuff. So like people that you know you can trust and have similar passions, mm-hmm. similar interests that you know, not just for the sake of getting someone that's your friend, but someone that you know has a similar kind of passion and has an interest in getting into acting. Usually you can get that kind of help. And when it comes to finding a producer, similarly try and see, and try and see how much of it you can research and try and take over as yeah. much as possible yourself, um, which can be a bit hard, but like, that person was asking because then how do you do the budgeting and all that all that other sub questions the producer will take over uh, but that's the question so like yeah i think it's a pretty hard question because usually you yeah. get scouted for those kind of things but i think um try if you can't find a proper producer starting out coming I mean, teacher that's so hectic to yeah. like just like maybe just find someone that's good with logistics as well like an accountant or something like yeah. that or speak to someone that's just good in logistics in other business areas like you know those yeah. movies we shot recently like where people just are good business people as well so I think that just helps out if you don't, can't find a proper producer just maybe find someone that's really good with business in general and finances and logistics you know also um, speak to other people that you know in the film industry and maybe get a connection with a producer that way um, do other work <laughs> just work yeah. that you're doing and then you'll and then you'll potentially meet um producer that way there's also uh film festivals Mm -hmm. if you go there with like a a, like a pitch package already and you say that you've already got five hundred thousand dollars then rand thirty thousand dollars um then you might be able to uh pitch the project that way to not only get a producer but potentially get like more 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 money Mm. Um, and you could possibly find a producer. Yeah. Well. So what I'm thinking is for $30,000, you, if you try to make a feature film, um, it might be really difficult because you need to get marketing in there. You need to get distribution in there. It's so that funding doesn't just cover the film, right? So what I would suggest um, is you can get a higher ranking producer if you're making a short film $20,000, let's say, or you can spend the whole 30 grand on a short form and then pay people like more and then get a higher ranking producer because you're paying the producer more. You can then take the project, the short form, plus your feature form script because obviously your script's done and then pitch it, uh, maybe send it to festival, pitch it to get more money for a feature. I feel like that might be a better idea, but also it's a gamble because nothing could happen with your short form. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's less of a gamble because like you said, like the thing is, if you make a short form, it shows your merit and where you come from and like what you're capable of because to just tell a producer I have the money, can you back me? It's like hard to then give them a reference unless, I'm not sure if this person has references, but if they don't, I think mm-hmm. that is a really good way to go because yeah, it's like just to show them a track record. But if you do have a track record and you feel like you're competent enough and you're at that stage where you have the money, I think like Mark said, festivals is a really good opportunity with net, like try to go to as much networking events as possible, try and pitch it, try and show the, the merit of the story. If you wrote it, try and show similar stories you wrote and directed. Um, but yeah, it's more like, 
I think in networking events, if you have a track record, will help. But if you don't have a track record, I would say rather, like Yaku said, make a short form so that you can then take that then again to a networking event yeah. and then show them this is where I want to go with steps this and this. Because it's going to be really tough because a lot of the times I feel like when directors do make their short, like if they go straight into a feature form, straight into it, I think it's because usually they already have a producer friend mm -hmm. or they, they're willing to like just take on that role and understand yeah. it. So it's really difficult if you have no track record to just try and make something out the gate and try and convince a producer. Yeah. But if you do, like you said, that's the other avenues. Also, I don't know this person, but if you're looking for a producer, then maybe you don't have that much experience because if you knew all the crew members you would have a lot of experience. So maybe I'm thinking this is sort of a new person uh, who has an idea for a script and they've got a bit of money, they want to make it. I would say do a short form because it's also safer in terms of experience, getting more on-set experience, getting to know more people, doing a short first, and then using that to make your feature with more money. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, okay, yeah. next question, we'll move on to the next one. Do you think it's possible to become a first-time director after 40 anymore? I'm basically starting from nothing, although filmmaking was always my love and what I had hoped to do. Unfortunately, deep depression and poverty sidelined me for most of my adult life. That is from Darren888. That's actually, I think so, but I think the, the gist of the question is, do you think you can be a first-time director after 40? And I would say, Heck yeah. <laughs> There's so many directors I feel like that uh, started at a later age. Yeah, and with Gareth Edwards, he like did a lot of special effects work and stuff like that and, and made a name for himself behind the scenes and, uh, and you know, kind of operated in that space before he really made his feature. And like he went pretty late on into life, not really. Um, I don't think he was past 40, but he was pretty late in his 30s when he started making his first feature. And I think there's nothing wrong with making your first feature after 40, not even 40 after 50 or something like that. I think, yeah. you know, I, I think maybe some background in some form of filmmaking is required. I mean, the love and the passion is obviously good, but I think you do need to have a bit more practicality because then if you, even if you're in your 40s, I feel like if you just go on set, it just gets a bit more experience and then make your first feature after 50, that's also fun. I mean, Bradley Cooper made uh, A Star is Born and like, how old is he now? I mean, that's a bit of an extreme example, but I'm just saying, um, as long as you have some backing to it, I don't think it matters what age you start as long as you yeah. can just... So I think, yes, definitely. Um, you should try it, you should do it, but... Um, I think it's important to manage expectations as well. Like you, know, if you don't have, because it sounds like he doesn't have, or they don't have experience because they starting late because of poverty, they always love filmmaking. I think it's definitely possible, but you have to, you can't, you can't expect to like go pitch for features and get the feature job. You're probably going to have to start with short forms. You probably have to like basically do what we're doing, funding your own things, making connections and then work your way up to doing so even if so if you're 40 now you can like hustle really hard and like direct your first feature by like maybe 45 which is fine perfect um 50 even is fine if it takes you 10 years to get there mm. it's fine just you need to understand that your first thing isn't going to be a feature yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. that's what i would say so if you work if you if you're dedicated you work your way up i think it's totally possible definitely yeah i think what we'll take from that like the age doesn't matter but the amount of hours you put into the experience yeah. before making it yeah i think that that that's a thing how old was i wasn't ridley also quite late into it ridley 
Uh, Ridley, good old, good old pal. Buddy First pal. name Ridley. Yeah. You know Ridley. <laughs> Ridley Scott made hundreds of commercials and music videos before he. No, yeah, but no, but I just mean when did he? He's, so I think quite late because yeah, he, because he had made so many. Yeah, exactly. Because like Michael Bay and all these guys, like I think that's what we're trying to say is that you need to first put in a lot of like the age doesn't matter. You need to put a lot of like your ten thousand hours uh, to go over that, like just to yeah. get to that point. And like if it's talking about being a first time director, you can like fund your own short and direct it. Then you're a director, you know. Yeah, like I don't yeah because here in that term you can it's pretty easy to make your first film if you want to make like your own thing. But yeah. I think to make something good and worthwhile. As a first-time director, I think yeah. you, know, you need to have the, the ton of research, ton of yeah, I, I, yeah. Even if you're just like going out there with the camera yourself, just to figure mm-hmm. out how it works, mm-hmm. watching a bunch of YouTube videos. You don't have to go to film school at forty. You can if you want to. Yeah, just put yeah. in the time. I mean, look, we went to a lot. We went to school with a lot of people, and after that was actually like quite. Old. Yeah, remember and Stanley? Stanley, Darren, yeah. Darren Parker was also like in his thirties when he was there and stuff yeah. like that. So, yeah, I don't think the age matters. Like you said, it's just the. Uh, the, yeah. the, the work you put in and I also don't think just saying um, I have a love for movies is enough you have to yeah. have to like try and find your avenues first and then get yeah. into it yeah. cool so I'm gonna I've got another one here it's a pretty long one but I think it's really good uh, do those who work in the film have time for anything else <laughs> it says TLDR too long didn't read but I'm gonna read it um, I don't want a life where all I ever do is work in film or practice filmmaking. I want to have a more balanced and healthy life with free time, family time and hobbies. Is this unrealistic? I was in, fa- I was in film school before the pandemic started, then deferred my university program and I'm now taking business classes in the meantime. I've gone back and forth in my head and written pros and cons lists about working in film and I just can't seem to make up my mind if going into filmmaking is the really kind of career I want to have. As far as I know, the minimum number of work, uh, num- minimum number of hours you work per day is 12 and it can be as much as 20 on a crazy day and there's not really much you can do about this. So I'm asking those who are either uh, early in their film career or already established, do you really have any time for anything else at all in your life? I mean, really, 12 to 16 hours per day working means by the time you get home, all you can do is sleep. I'm young, female, I love spending time with friends and family, and I have tons of hobbies that I currently take part in every day, and I can't imagine living a life where so much of your time is consumed by work. I imagine as well that with any free time you have, it would be expected to spend that time improving your craft as well. I've seen other posts here and in the film industry LA subreddit, where people discuss how brutal the hours can be, and this makes going back into a film program now seem very off-putting to me. Since I'm getting myself a background in business administration, I would think that I would go into producing if I continue with film. Then I googled the hours and responsibilities of producers, and I'm intimidated again. And this is by user Japanese Spaghetti. There was like a section there that sounded like they were pitching the like dating profile. They're like, I love my hobby. <laughs> I remember watching this documentary on the Sundance channel about uh, Richard Linklater. And in the in the documentary, like he was talking about like how like the hours and stuff can also put him under stress quite a bit. So you'll make a film and then like take a bit of a break and then go in for a couple of years years and come back. (laughs) But I don't think it's practical for everyone. I think because he's so brilliant at what he does, like it's possible for him to just make really successful films that he can then live with and stuff like that. But I think 
Um, that post kind of scares me a bit because I think you have to be someone that's willing to live and breathe form on some level. Like, I, like it can be scary, but I think there is ways to work around it. But if you're that intimidated now, I would say try rather maybe not go into it because there's going to be time because especially with a form like if it's like a feature form and for like six months your life is going to be hectic there's no mm. especially at the producer uh-huh. there's no and if or but about that so I think if you're worried about it now on like a small level and just like just thinking about going into it I would suggest not because it is yeah. going to be quite a bit of a life and, and I think your friends you have to have friends and partners that support that kind of lifestyle yeah. because they see your passion and if you're scared of it I would I would rather say don't because you might have regrets later on in life missing out on a lot if you like I don't know I just feel like from my personal opinion I think you have to be quite yeah. crazy on some level to in the particular the film industry not corporate videos and that kind of thing like film industry in general you have to be quite dedicated to it and mm-hmm. and 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 and, and if you can be successful enough to take those gaps and it's cool and that's good but I think there is going to be a lot of months where you're going to be having a lot of crunch time not just on set but with editing and as a producer you're going to be involved in every step from the beginning of pre-prod till post so to those to them I would say if you are going to go into it maybe then try and find something that's not producer related because that will take up all your time maybe try and find something a bit smaller on the set that you can do maybe go into mm-hmm. behind the scenes or stuff like that that's a little less scope involved but yeah if you're worried now it, it's, it is a scary thing and you do have to be quite dedicated yeah. from, from my opinion I agree I think um, if you're worried that you're not going to have time you're probably not going to have time <laughs> but she's also like expecting to be busy all the time you know which is not a thing you work for like three months and then you have like a year oh, off yeah. because you can't find another job you know, so that's another thing to consider. Like, you know, and there's also more stress, though. Exactly. Um, you're going to have to do those jobs where you're working a lot because you don't know if you're going to have another one yeah. next month. I would say to her, if she's worried about this, she shouldn't, shouldn't do it. Um, but not necessarily shouldn't do filmmaking. She shouldn't do feature filmmaking because you yeah. can, you, like we said in another podcast, you can become like a commercials person or a corporate video person. You can edit promos and then those are more structured for nine to five jobs. But even even those like from my friends that are just doing promos and commercials, like they the relationships have ended because they also because they're traveling to Durban, they're traveling to PE, they're mm-hmm. traveling. So even on that scale, sometimes like it can burn a lot of relationships and, and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. yeah, you know, like I think this industry in a whole can just be a bit all consumer, especially if you want to go up a higher position, because producing and all of that on those levels can be quite tough. I think the only time you'll be more stressful, like is if you do something like us, oh, so you have a production house and then like in five or six years, it can get to the point where it can run itself with directors and producers below you and stuff. So maybe in that space you could try, but even building up to there, you're going to need to put in the hours. Mm. So I always used to say that, like for me personally, I always have like sometimes that thought like, because it takes so much of my time, I feel like I should have gone into like another industry or something that is a nine to five. But because I have this like, like this urge that could be seen as a good or bad thing that says I need to be in this industry, it forces me. So if you're having that questions now and then you haven't even got to those long hours, I would honestly recommend considering other options mm-hmm. or something small on set. But either, even then you're going to have to stress about when you're going to get another job or because even like people that's makeup artists and all that, they still have that feasting for three months and then that famine for another six months. So mm-hmm. it's still stressful. So even when you're not working at long hours, you're stressing about the money. So I would say... Maybe try and try and get, get a, something else. Get yeah. a normal job. Yeah. Yeah. Or you can become a film accountant. <laughs> 
because or, that's a normal job and it's in the film industry. Or a film critic and just be <laughs> and just be a douchebag. There we go. There are definitely jobs in the film industry that are like nine to five, um, in more sort of like established spheres of things. But I mean, even if on at any level, if you're going to be working on set, it's not an, a sort of. An, I mean, it is. T- you know, 12 hours, but, you know, 12 hours is a long time and it's just, it's 12 hours of constant problem solving. Mm. Um, Unless you're like a casting director or something, maybe that's something. Oh, that's something as well, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I think what Kaelin was saying about um, that sort of like urge to do it, um, you have to, you have to go into it without even the concern that it's like, is this a night to five job? Just like you have, you have to do it. You know what I mean? I, it's not like another field where you go around saying that, oh, I work at this place from nine to five. Filmmakers go around saying, I'm a filmmaker. <laughs> it's like it's more. It's like a part of my identity. And if you, if you just want it to be a job, there are certain places where it can just be a job. But I think for people who are really uh, dedicated. Um, not saying that you aren't in whatever field you are and it's really good in all fields definitely to have good like work-life separation obviously but yeah if you if you aren't sort of, if you don't have that urge to sort of walk around and be like I'm a filmmaker this is what I do then probably probably so, not yeah I think especially if you're at the stage where it's not just you like in that comment it's not like the person who's prioritizing their hobbies and stuff like that which are like I think is about like for, for people that's just already prior, like when they're really scared about their relationships with friends and stuff, like if you're scared that your hobbies are going to be interfered with, don't even, the rest of your life's even more going to be quite like intense and, and hard to maintain. So, yeah, I think really just look back at it. And it's not us saying give up on your dreams or anything like that. But if you don't, like right now, if you don't think that you're going to be happy and that you might have regrets later on in life, the, the, the odds are, because it is, it is, it's a reality that you have to deal with that. This industry can be re- very rewarding, but also very consuming of your time. So, yeah, it's something that I would believe that you'd have to really, really honestly think about because it's a massive decision and you just need to think about what you're going to be happy with looking back on in your yeah. later on in life, you know? Cool. I hope that helps. Yeah. Japanese spaghetti. Japanese um, spaghetti. Cool, let's move on. I think we can do maybe one more and then I think let's do a part two. This one comes to us from user Marlon Rubio 28 I did not cast my girlfriend for a role in my short film and she got mad. <laughs> not sure if this is the correct place to ask for advice, but I'll go for it. Everyone here knows that sometimes you cast a friend of yours for a role in your stories because they just fit perfectly in your mind, right? Well, that happened and I asked two of my friends if they'd be interested and they said yes, win for me. However, my girlfriend wants to be an actress and I did not cast her because she did not fit the role. I did not tell her that. Now, I just told her I had cast another friend for the role and and she asked me, why didn't I ask her? I said what I just explained initially. My friend was the person I thought of when when writing the script. Now she's mad. Any tips on how to handle this situation? This sounds more like a relationship movie. <laughs> also, he says he never told his girlfriend the real reason. Rip to if she's listening to this podcast, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Um, yeah, I don't know. That seems more like relationship advice. I feel like I think I would be more honest and just be like, you know, like. I feel like you'd fit a different kind of role or you have to say that I, like if someone fits the role better I don't think you should be forced to cast your friends yeah. or your girlfriend because I've also had people come up to me and be angry like why didn't you cast me in your movie why didn't you do this but I think you know like that the director knows what they kind of want in that scene and stuff and maybe also you could have been like really insecure depending on the role if it, there was something about risque because it takes a certain type of director to be okay with that if they are in the relationship with the actress and stuff like that so maybe that are a part to play I don't know but sometimes I'm like uh, for me personally I don't think I could cast my girlfriend in something that you know involved a little bit more intimate scenes <laughs> I mean but even just assuming that there aren't any intimate scenes yeah. Um, I feel like if you're if you're a person who directs things and you're in a relationship with the person who acts in things, you should like talk about that when you're getting into the relationship because it's a weird relationship when somebody provides a job and it's your girlfriend or your wife or your boyfriend whatever t- taking the job not not just not just in your eyes in the eyes of the law like there's issues there's tax issues so I feel like. You should talk to your partner about, is it okay for me to put you in my things? Do you want that? Um, is it going to be weird for the relationship? Are we going to fight about it? Because then then it's this won't happen, right? You'd be like, oh, but listen, I'm not, gonna, I'm not just going to cast you because you're my girlfriend. I'm going to cast you if you fit the role. I mean, if you go to auditions, that's how it works. You cast people who fit the role. So I don't know. I think it should just be a discussion. And if if you're not gonna if you know that your partner wants you to cast them in things, then you should and and then you feel like, okay, I'm not gonna cast them in this, then you should tell her before you cast the other person, like, look, I wrote a thing, I'm gonna do it. I don't think you're right for this role. I'm gonna get this other person. Yeah, and I think and I think your girlfriend or whatever, even if it's your friend or something, should not saying that she's not professional and stuff, but I think you also just have that, have that level of professionality as an actor first to be like, okay, if I wasn't cast, they obviously have their reasons. And I don't think you should ever ask someone why you're not in something or why you're not in it. Like, because I feel like then if you do ever get the job in future and stuff like it's more like patronizing kind of thing. So I think mm. you should rather just let your work speak for you. If you are cast, then it's fine if you're not. And your know, conversation is important, but I think also as speaking to, to a girlfriend or whatever person's involved, like if it is a friend of, uh, of anyone, like they shouldn't be too angered. Like they can joke about it or something, but if you take it too seriously, I don't think, I think there needs to be a level of professionality where you're like, okay, it's fine. I'll move on because it's like, because then you're just trying to like get into like a form space of nepotism kind of thing. So um, yeah, I don't. I think the person on the other side needs also to be very understanding and needs to accept if you want cast, then sure you can ask maybe why to maybe for personal like for professional notes, but don't take it personally. I don't mm. think that's a very wise approach. Uh, not to say anything bad to them, but I do think you need to have a level of professionalism when it comes to your career versus your personal life. Yeah. yeah, I agree. I think working with people that you're in a relationship with, or even like a friendship, something is is difficult because I mean, even the people that we work with that we're still friends with, I feel like, um, like we are as well. The relationship has been like constructed that way. You know what I mean? Like you can, um, like people that we are friends with that have like acted in things or you know been part of cast or crew. There's a there's an understanding there between like the work and the and the relationship and 
Um, I feel like we're in a place with those, we have a relationship, certain relationship with those people that we can directly address those things. Mm. And we can talk about, you know, the professional uh, life versus the, the um, work. The versus oh, the work okay. life. Personal, personal life. Sorry. Personal life. Um, so, yeah, I think all that to basically say what you already said, which is communication mm. um, as soon, as early as possible. Okay, cool. So here's our next one. Okay. The last one for this. Our last one for this episode. Okay. Okay. So aside from being independently wealthy, which I don't think a lot of us are, (laughs) are there any other ways of funding a film that don't require public begging, publicly begging for money? No shade to anyone who who does like GoFundMe or whatever, but it's the avenue I want to explore. I just don't feel right about asking people for money. It literally gives me a panic attack. So what other ways do you guys have of raising funds for a film? Thanks again. I don't want to start a fight. Crowdfunding is a valuable resource for some, and I'm sure it can be done. Just don't, just can't do it without having a nervous effing breakdown. So if you got any other ideas, shoot them at me. And that is from Rukagogli. So yeah, other avenues of funding besides being independently wealthy. Well, okay, but hold on. I, you you set it up as if this person said that they were independently wealthy. No, that's what I thought. Then I read the second. Okay, okay. yeah, that's okay. not that's not what you yeah. they said. Yeah. So yeah, what's other avenues of funding a form that's not GoFundMe's and that's not you having to be really loaded with cash? Doing other work, just. Working and then saving and then working some more until you have money. To that's fund what their whole film. Is that what they're talking about? Yeah, to fund their film, yeah. Okay. But I mean, it, they didn't say feature or short. Oh. So it could be a short. Fund your project. Project, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, if it's just, I think if it's a short, then probably that way. But then also shorts. People fund shorts. There's, there's, whole, there's companies that... Yeah, there's competitions and things. ...that buy films to... Like, you, you, you pitch the film and then they... Mm-hmm. buy the film and then they put money up for it that's and then the, you make it yeah. yeah I think Yaku had a good point there as well like if you if you have a really really good script or a script that you're proud of that you went through a couple of drafts so there's really good competitions to enter it into that fund this kind of thing so and that's not crowdfunding that's like literally you just go like one on one kind of thing so letting your work speak for so yeah I think if your work speaks for itself then those kind of avenues would be best is uh, is the writing competitions like just list some that they could go through like that the listeners could also I've been like targeted on Instagram for like ads so I don't know there's a lot of competitions you can enter I feel like to get to like the point of the question though it's like if you're talking about funding a feature film you have to just pitch a bunch of stuff until it sticks I don't know if there's any other way if it's a short film do the work that you're doing save a lot of your paycheck and then just do it or you can get funding for shorts as well or we can get funding for shorts from the from the competitions or even the government the government does there's like for us we have things locally that's like the NAVF and like uh, the Gauteng film board yeah so it's like we can even go to like like the local government fundings and stuff like that that's really good options but also just a note to Ray Google um being super scared of crowdfunding and stuff like that should not like matter like 
we're all super scared. Like you're going to be worse scared on one-on-one -on -one pitches and stuff. You shouldn't close yourself to options just from fear. That's yeah. the wrong way to approach funding your form. I think if you believe in your project, you should be, like I know it can be really scary, especially pitches and especially like elevator pitches and stuff like that. But I think you need to sometimes also just climb over that fear and not close over options just because of your fear. Like that could have been a, like a really good option for you. Um, and like we always say, just trying to do something that makes you scared. You need to, that's like, for me, I don't think that's a good enough reason to not look for an avenue. Like I think maybe get someone that can help you um, pitch to those kind of things or work on that kind of things but i don't think you should close yourself based off a feeling of fear like yeah. if it's something that like there's there's a lot of things to be scared about especially with pitches and stuff like that but i don't think you should allow it to control yeah. the fate of your project yeah know? there's also um like residencies like writing residencies and when, once you get a part of those residencies then you can um you get like mentors and then you meet the people mm -hmm. and then you with those people they help you to pitch your project yeah. to um, finances and distributors and all that and then also um, I know with festivals like um, like TIFF and Sundance and uh, even the Durban film, uh, film Festival a similar sort of thing where you get like uh, you do workshops you get you take your project you get you do workshops you get paired paired up with a mentor and then you get put in the right rooms to pitch the projects and stuff so there's and I think that's also just feeds back to that previous question we had about finding producers. Also, these other avenues as well, yeah. to just when you put your script out there, you get yeah. those kind of uh, funders and backers. But yeah, I think that's yeah, enough that's for this episode. Yeah. And thank you so much for listening. And if you're tired of using your ears and want to use your eyes to see what we look like, please go over to our, our YouTube channel. We're over at youtube.com slash loop pictures. So go over there if you would like to see the video version of this. Also, there is so much video content on us just doing filmmaking, talking about filmmaking, talking about funding for films, uh, talking about gear, having special guests over. So please have a look at our YouTube channel as well. Awesome. So until next time, go out there, stay safe and make your movie.